welcome, ladies and gents, to episode number two of the Your Buddy John Show. Hi, it's John Mueller. Well, it's week three of April, and it's been about six weeks since I've been performing, and um, I sure hope things get back to normal sooner rather than later, but I don't know. I'm thinking maybe September we'll be performing again. That's where our current dates are booked at. You can check that out at winterdanceparty.com. Let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, they get on top of this virus and um, get more testing done out there and uh, get things back to normal and get folks back to work as fast as possible. Well, my next guest is a very distinguished uh, performer. He uh, had a smash hit in 1962 called Let's Dance. I'm sure you're familiar with it. He also had a smash hit in 1965 with Call Me a great song produced by Herb Albert. He has toured with Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, the Platters, Dion and the Belmont, Sam Cooke, and the Beatles, amongst many others. I had a great time talking with him. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Please welcome Mr. Chris Montez. Hey, welcome Chris Montez to the Your Buddy John Show. I'm so, so happy to have you here. What a what a pleasure to have you on, and thank you so much for doing this. Um, I want to, um, you've had quite a life. It's really uh, fascinating. <laughs> Researching. Well, first yeah, first go of all, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be on your show, and thank you for having me, and, and let's go for it and see what we come yeah, up with. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at your um, your uh, research online and stuff, and I was like, my gosh, what a fascinating life. Um, so you started out in, uh, you were born and raised in Hawthorne, California, is that right? Yeah, that's right, Hawthorne, California. Now, mm -hmm. did you uh, did you come from a musical family? Did you have um, brothers and sisters that were into music as well, or your parents? What, what turned you on and got you started? Yeah, I, well, I, I had four brothers that always played guitar, and we and I first brought up, got brought up, got into music by playing Mexican music, because I had to learn the songs that they played, and, and then I did the harmony. My brother, my oldest brother, second to the oldest, would have me sing with him. Sometimes he would be sitting at the table and during lunch or after lunch or whatever you want to call it, and he said, he grabbed the guitar and he started playing. He said, grab the guitar. Sometimes I said, I don't feel like playing. He said, grab that guitar. <laughs> so, so I would play, you know. And then, you know, I'd have to sing the harmony because he, he had a high voice also, you know. Nice. Now, did your parents encourage you to um, to stay involved with music or did they want you? Uh, I know my mom wanted me to be an auto mechanic, so. <laughs> That's what I should have been. <laughs> no, uh, it just it just happened by faith. You know, I I strongly believe in the Lord. And, and, I, and now that when I, um, I reflect on my past, I think it was all per already prepared for me, but I had no idea. Sure. And, you know, with the hardships and, and the good times. and But I always had the strength to get through. Now I know why. But uh, I remember, um, no, I had no I had no idea I was going to be a singer. Nothing like that. And then I started playing with this couple guys, a, a, two, two guys, a drummer and another rhythm guitar. And, and you know, we'd go and try to play. And, and uh, it wasn't, you know, you're learning, right? You try yeah. to play like like all these different rock and roll guitar players you know like chuck berry was a great influence so oh yeah if you could play sort of him but uh, uh then um i say 25 dollars to go make a demo and that's how it started sure because i wanted to say i made a record but not not to you know not to come home and say you know i made you know i'm on the charts or I'm, i never even thought that capacity and i just you know it was like um 
something that I accomplished and finished. You know, sure. So. What What age were you when that when that occurred? Uh, I was, I think, a let's see, sophomore, maybe fifteen. Cool. Maybe. Cool. Yeah, something like that. And uh, and I didn't even have a car. My my sister in law, one of my brother's wives, took me to the studio, and that was in Long Beach. And um, I did this song called "She's My Rockin' Baby" and "Forgive Me." And you know, I'm ready, I'm prepared. You know, when I do the song, and I said, "Could I do it one more time?" He said, "Yeah," because I'm thinking it's going to cost me thirty bucks for this hour or half hour. Or <laughs> it's a lot of money back then, yeah. It's a lot of money, especially when you're 15 well, years old. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, and uh, and so I started uh, recording it, and and uh, and the guy says, "I said, can I give it one more try?" Yeah, boom. I listened to the playback, which is, you know, if anybody knows what a playback is, when you record, they play back for you. Sure. And so I listened, I heard it and I said, oh, that'll, that, you know, I felt comfortable with that. And then the next one, and then that was it. And, and I gave him the money and I, and I left and then I go on, you know, and then one day when I was, after that demo, I came home and, and my mother says, somebody keep, keeps calling you about recording and all this. And I said, you know, what are you talking about, mom? She never spoke English, so we're you were talk, speaking in Spanish. And, sure. And I said, they called, they called about three times asking for you. They want to talk to you about recording you. And I'm saying to myself, mom, you got to get it. You have it wrong, you know. And and sure enough, I called them, and, and it was Barry DeVorzon who, who recorded Johnny Burnett at the time, you know. Wow, Johnny Burnett yeah. from the uh, Johnny yeah, Burnett. Yeah, and all those, he was tight with them, yeah. Rock and roll uh, but trio, I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're 16, you're beautiful. Yeah, you're yeah. Tune, you know. oh, well, I didn't know that at the time, so I'm thinking, they, I said, well, how did you hear about me? He said, well, this guy from the studio told me, you told us, you know, to call you and all that. Well, it's it's funny because the guy in the studio in those times, they, they use the tape and they record you and then they race it next, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, he called them. Wow. And, you know? Yeah, that's what I say, and I say, wow. And, and if it wasn't for him, I, I would probably be working in a field somewhere, or you know, an office or whatever, right. pumping gas. And uh, and uh, so, so one day I'm at the piano, and he's helping me write this song called "All You Had to Do Was Tell Me," which is the original hit, first song I wrote, and he helped me with the lyrics. He sort of gave me a little structure, and uh, and and uh, and I'm sitting, and then Johnny Burnett, this kid, come on in, and it's. It's Johnny Burnett, but I didn't know this. And he says, oh, Chris, this is Johnny. Wow. Burnett. And I said, you're Johnny Burnett? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, he said, yeah, how are you doing, Chris? And then, you know, you were, he knows we were working. At. Wow. I said, wow. I was amazed, you know. And he said, oh, I'll see you guys later. Okay, I got to go. So that's what's the beginning of the whole ordeal. Wow. Know? And then how did this, um, this smash, smash, smash hit Let's Dance, how... How did you get that uh, song? Who got that song to you? Uh, well, it was uh, my, a producer by the name of Jim Lee. He would, he was interested working with these guys, and he heard my stuff. And I guess he was he had uh, he was working with a group called the Innocents and some and Kathy Young also. And so, but before I get there, during this whole transition of being a musician, yeah, I used to go. I used to go during after school 
at high school and I go and hang out with, you know, that guy named um, Brian Wilson. I oh, think yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and Dennis and Carl, and I go over there and jam with them. Okay, wow. Let's do Johnny Be Good, good or, or let's do this rock tune. And, so you're, you're and, jamming with Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, basically. Yeah, because they lived down the street about a couple blocks and they, we went to school together. So I hang out and, you know, Carl would be on uh, piano, I mean, on guitar and, and, and Dennis would be on drums and Brian would be on piano and we and I'd be playing lead guitar and we'd play and they'd take a break and all that and you know we'd do it again you know and, and in the living room can you believe it? <laughs> That's so, great. So, yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's amazing. So Brian and I were sitting standing out in front of his house. He says, "Yeah." He says, "We're going to sign a contract." And I said, "Oh, you are?" I said, "So am I." He says, "Yeah." We're, and he says, "So what are you guys going to call yourselves?" He says, "We're call we're going to call ourselves the Beach Boys." And I said to myself. What a trip that is. Why would they call? Well, because <laughs> the reason why I said that's because I was more of a surfer than they were. Oh, wow. You know, I was always surfing. Yeah. You know, and Dennis was the other surfer. And um, and so, and I said, yeah, well, they're going to call me, you know, I'm, I'm going to sign the name. But I didn't have the name Chris Montez because my real name is Ezekiel. Sure. Everybody knew, knew me in school as Zeke. So that was my name. Yeah. So to make a long story short, when I went through the producers and all that, and he said, we're going to change your name. So it's funny. And he said, we cut Christopher because Ezekiel Christopher Montanez. And that was my confirmation or whatever name it was. And, and he called it cut to Chris and then put Montanez to Montez. And he said, that's going to be your name. And I, I didn't feel comfortable. Chris Montez. Wow. And so I went home and I told my mom, you know, they want, you know what? They wanted to name me. You know what they wanted to name me? And she said, what? She said, I said, they want to name me Chris Montes. She says, that's a beautiful name. As soon as she said that was it, that was it. That's who I was. <laughs> Her blessing, you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Can you tell me then a little bit about how Richie Valens influenced your life and, uh, you know, what he meant to you? I was in high school when I was just getting ready, and I... And Richie Valens was a great influence. I said, wow, a, rec a Mexican rock and roller. I right. can't believe this. You know, man, is, you, is there such a thing? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? He, he opened, you know? had to have opened a lot of doors for, for you and a lot of people, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, I just, I, I just said, wow, wow. That, that means, you know, since I got a, you know, I, I might have a chance here or something. You know, yeah. at least I had a direction. So I went to a hop, which was maybe had capacity of 200 people maybe sure and i'm standing and i went to see richie valens because i wanted to see sit here and sing donna and la bamba because you know it was happening and uh so it was sold out you know it cost me like two bucks or something whatever it cost me to get in yeah so i had to stand way in the back but i didn't care because i i could my my feelings was i was in the same hall that richie valens sang that's yeah. all that mattered to me and sang that that's really cool. So, you got to see him live. That's amazing. Yeah. So so I'm waiting, you know, and Richie will be out in a few minutes and band's breaking down, getting some other guys in there. And so I'm standing way in the back and, and I turn to my right and Richie Valens is standing next to me, right next to me. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking forward, you know, I turn around and I look to my right and I said, wow, you're Richie Valens, aren't you? He said, yeah. And they said, wow. I said, I'm so, wow, I want to be a singer. I said, I I didn't have the words to tell him how I felt because right. I was, you know, and he was so kind to me and everything. And I, and I was, 
that was my foundation of of whatever capacity that I reached as an artist. I said, if I ever become an artist like him, I'm going to treat people like Richie Valens treated me. That is so cool. You, That's so cool, Chris. That's really yeah, awesome. Be, because, you know, when you want to meet somebody, you're so thrilled to meet them, you know? And I was so thrilled. And he was so kind. And it's and now when I have people come up and hug me and grab me and all this, they want to, they want to talk to me and hold me. You know? Yeah. And I understand the feeling, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a great story. So then, when I went, um, when Let's Dance became on the charts, it was Jim Lee wrote the songs, and and I wrote most of the Let's Dance album. And uh, next thing I know, it's it's going in the top ten or right on the charts. You know, when you're young and, and and you know, it's like all of a sudden you're sixteen and you and you win a lotto. What do you do? You know, wow. Yeah. I, I flew to um, to do the Dick Clark show with Let's Dance, right? This is uh, the one in Philadelphia, the American band. Yeah, stuff? the one in Philadelphia yeah. that I used to watch all the time. Can you imagine all of a sudden you, you you're watching it and then you, from your, you're watching it and then you're on the show yourself? That must have been yeah, an incredible yeah. Feeling. I, you know, you get up, you watch the show all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're on the show. It's like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a mind blower. It's a, it's amazing. Yeah. So. So I meet Dick Clark and I did Let's Dance. And then they said, from there, I had to do uh, three three uh, theaters. And it was a Howard, the Apollo, and something else. And so that was my break-in. So I remember walking in there and, and they said, where's your music? So when wait, so wait you music, had to bring in your own like charts and stuff for the... For yeah, somebody wrote the charts and Let's Dance and all these songs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I give it to them and they say, hey, Chris, said Barf... 24 and the repeat sign where do you want to you want to go back to there and what are you going to do and hey i can't even i can't even read music and they're telling right. me you know when they giving me all this you know i said i don't know i thought it was all there you know and they yeah. said yeah well we'll sing us the songs and so what we did and that's we finally hooked up together like that you know but that was my experience with that so so the next shows were you know the howard and in the other theater three weeks of working with these guys and, and it was wonderful because I got to experience that whole ordeal, you know. Oh yeah. And in New York, Smokey one day says to me, Hey Chris, he was he was with uh, his group, you know. Uh The Miracles, yeah. The Miracles, yeah. And he, his wife was one of the miracles and he says, Come on, Chris, I'm gonna take you to dinner. I said, Okay, you know, he was real kind to me. So we're walking down the street and I hear all these people saying Hey, there's Smokey Robinson. You know what I mean? It's weird. You know, they all recognize how heavyweight he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just a kid walking with him, you know. But you got a you so, got a mass massive hit on the station, and, and uh, did you uh, you had to have like girls going bananas over you at that point, right? I mean, uh, uh, no, I wasn't. That, I was never thinking about that. I just, you know, I'm trying to be as good as I can. I'm supposed to be an artist and. This is what I do, and this is the best I can do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I sing my songs, and often, you know. So before we move on from the Let's Dance time frame, do you remember where you recorded that uh, song at and who backed you? At Gold Star. Gold Star. With the, Gold Star was that the yes. Wrecking Crew? or with was Stan it... Ross, yeah. Stan Ross. Um, no, I, I did a lot of songs later on with um, with the Wrecking Crew. I remember walking in there when we were doing Let's Dance. There was a female player over there oh uh, yeah carol k probably right (laughs) yeah but i didn't know who carol k i didn't know so i say okay and i said 
uh, you know, I said to her, can you give me that sort of that low, don't, 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 like the Richie Valens kind of sound? She says, Chris, I played on all his albums. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what a blessing. I can't believe it, you know? Yeah. Well, the I, Richie I, Valens, people that backed him up. And I said, wow. Yeah. So Carol Kay and I had a nice rapport with each other. Jesse Sales was a drummer, and uh, I can't remember who the rest of the guys. You know, when you're young, you're not paying attention. You're just recording. You're just you recording, know? yeah. Well, I, yeah. I listened to some of those early songs, like um, mm-hmm. All You Had to Do Was Tell Me, yeah. You're yeah. the One, and uh, Tell Me. Yeah. Such beautiful uh, ballads and such tight band. I was like, man, that yeah. sounds like the Wrecking Crew, and it is. I yeah, guess. well, a lot of them were the Wrecking yeah. Crew. I remember talking to Glenn Campbell and Glenn Cavie playing and Dennis Budimir and you know, but they were just great players, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And I remember being at the Gold Star one day, and I said, wow, that's Clint Campbell. I'm watching him sing, you know, and uh, I didn't know he was a singer. And, and somebody says, yeah, he, that's Clint Campbell. He thinks he can he's, He thinks he thinks can sing now. Now he's a <laughs> singer. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, from yeah. that From that transition to, and now the Glenn Campbell show. Yeah. I saw all that. That's neat. It's, just, it's a mind blower to me, you know. Now, did did uh, Bob Kane ever produce any of your songs, or did he he uh, get involved? With no, you I didn't want to get involved with Bob Kane because I know he did Richie Valens wrong. Yeah, I was just know. curious about that. Yeah, sure. and I had that kind of feeling. Of course, this producer Jim Lee did me wrong, real bad. He, oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, and he still doesn't. He he's still hard on me. He just still doesn't. He thinks he's entitled to my life in many ways. You know. Oh, just, really? Wow. So yeah, he's a rough character. Not did, rough, but he's just. I, I try to get some rights back from me. In fact, I just got a letter from me. He says, I'm not entitled to anything because I, that I walked away from, from his record company. The reason why is I wasn't getting paid. Wow. And the, and the only way he would let me go is if I sign, sign off so that he would put me in a shelf for four years or do whatever the hell he wanted with me. Wow. You know, so many performers from that era were taken advantage of, uh, by, yeah, by, yeah. by older adults back then. It was just uh, tragic. Well, like the Lord says, revenge is mine. So I have, um, I, I step away from it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, that song, uh, In an English Town, that was modeled, oh. a, modeled after Richie's In a Turkish Town. <laughs> yeah. Who, whose right. idea that's was it I, to change the lyrics from uh, In a Turkish Town? Was that uh, yours? I, or? I, yeah, yeah. We, we went because we're into England a lot, you know? Yeah. So I figured I'd say, In an English Town, you know? <laughs> it was great. It I loved it. Yeah. I really love that. It's different, huh? Yeah, I love it. I think it's probably uh, it was probably a good idea because um, in a Turkish town, just it has such a limited appeal in a way, you know, like yeah. But, uh, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Um, okay, Thank you. So, Thank so you. you go on tour after Let's Dance and Smash. You got yeah, you got and Smoke, it was Smokey Robinson yeah. and then Sam Cooke was, and yeah, yeah, and then Sam Cooke and then I come home and then somebody says. Uh, they want you to go to England. I said, oh, wow, England. I'm saying, man, it's really happening, you know? Yeah. So so I had this guy on Hollywood Boulevard, Sunset, Hollywood Boulevard, Sunset Corner. He was he had his own um, shop that sold, sold clothes, you know? And he knew me, and, and my producer said, we'll go in there. And he says, he said, I want you to f- suit him up, you know? So he says, I got just the right thing, and look at this, and puts all these dress pants and all this jackets, and Fitted me with a couple of jackets. He was a real classy dude with a big mustache and old handbar <laughs> mustaches. And he said, "Now this is the latest in England. This is the latest jacket in Europe, you know." And it was like a square collar with a belt around it, and the other one was around it. 
And I said, wow, I'm in. So next thing, I go to England, and I meet these hoodlums, you know, that I didn't knew about. And, uh, and, and everybody was, you know, they were on the show with Tommy Rowe and myself. And, uh, and they were the opening act, and then Tommy Rowe would come on, and I closed the show. And they, and they were called the Beatles. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, wow, everybody's trying to copy these guys, you know. So it was funny because uh, some people would ask me, hey, where'd you get that jacket? And I said, well, what are these guys? Well, that guy really sold me short because this was supposed to be the end jacket. You know what I mean? This is what they were working in, wearing in England, right? Well, Beatles at that point were kind of still in their uh, leather jacket. Uh... Yeah, sort of, and all kinds of stuff, you know, and they wore a different kind of suit, weird. So and just just so, just so that our listeners are clear here, yeah, the Beatles opened for you. That is just yes. amazing. It's just yeah. amazing. It's and, amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> not many people can say that. Uh, no, I no, mean, uh, I don't think anyone can say that. I was going to say, I, mean, I can't imagine uh, who else could say that. That's just uh, incredible, an incredible uh, accomplishment. Um, I mean, now I heard this. Well, I heard this rumor that uh, I, I guess one night on the tour bus, you guys are turning around, and then John was kind of tipsy, shall we say, a little drunk. And then, is this true that he? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason decided to like pour a beer over your head or is, is yeah that... right we, we were at a party you know one of those big house parties and, yeah and i was tired i said i'm burned out you know because i'm on the road you know and hanging out we're oh, hanging yeah. out every now with all the girls screaming at us you know and all this stuff you know and having a few drinks and and i just said i gotta go lay down so i'm laying in the bus and i hear all this rumbling going on you know and all of a sudden and it's them guys you know and and uh, they were all coming in from the party, and John Lennon decides to play a joke, and he poured a beer in my head, and I got up and I said, "You son of a so and so," and I went at him and grabbed him, you know. He's got, and they broke us up. We were all on the floor, you know. Yeah. And Paul and 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 and, and um, you know Tommy Rowe broke us up. Yeah, hey, come on. And and I was really perturbed. I was really pissed I off. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, because you know I always had respect for people and. Yeah. And and I don't I don't like you know I'm not a punk I I can stand up for myself you know yeah, yeah. and anyway I think I can <laughs> but you know uh, so uh, so I didn't want to talk to him for quite a while you know but during this era when when we before we got into that and then we made up later uh, I remember we being up on these whole big hotels and. And, you know, uh, you see in the movies where there's a bunch of glass windows above the hotel and you, yeah. can, you can see people up there. Well, we had a hall. And I remember I was just reflecting. I'd say, and they come on. They were joking around. They said, come on, George, you go up there and go up the window and let them see you. So he'd stand out in front where you can see. And they, all these girls would be yelling and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we step out. You know, you can open the window, step out. So he said, come on, Paul. You don't. They go, ah. Come on, Chris! It was like a movie, you know. It was it was fascinating, you know, it, 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 because I got to experience that. It's like a movie, you know. Dude, were you and, were you pinching yourself during all of this? I mean, uh, no, because... I, you know, with me, I was I was a rock and roller. I, there was, I was just going through uh, a big funny. I thought it was a big funny joke, you know. It's just like, wow, these girls are these girls are crazy, you know. And that. So what what age are you at this point? From the you made that demo uh, demo at like fifteen. Of, uh, so you made uh, that. So you're like I was, uh, 17, about, 18? almost seventeen. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow, yeah. 17 and, and, years old and the Beatles are opening for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were a couple of years older than me. And, and it's funny because uh, their song, I used to watch them, and the first night I saw them, I had a Stratocaster, and they played my Stratocaster. So there wasn't any Fender guitars there, so you yeah. can imagine. And so I watched them, and then they, and now the Beatles, and they go, ah, you know, people started you sort of giving a great applause, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 Paul McCartney starts start singing that Chuck, I mean, uh, Little Richard song. I'm gonna tell that Molly, man. I said, I, and I thought I was polished. I thought I was pretty hot, you know, because I had just finished doing all these tours with Sam Cooke and all these acts, and they taught me a lot of things, you know. Yeah. And watching, and I said, man, these guys can rock and roll, <laughs> but never, but never realizing that they paid their dues in the bars and exactly, all that stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they were in chumps, you know. So, 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 you know, they do, and their song that was coming up the chart that I used to hear, "Love, Love Me Do," you know, I love that was their song. Wow, I know (laughs) it's a trip. Amazing! What an amazing fun tour that must have been. Just to, uh, it was because there was a comedian and there was somebody else on it, and uh, it was it was a like a musical, you know. That's the way uh, it was then. Wow. And these 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 places were huge, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, so we went through all that, and the, and the buses and the screaming girls and grabbing us. And one time, this guy says, "Hey, watch the crowd, watch those girls, because when when they get crazy, sometimes they'll jump on the stage. And if they do that on you, grab the first girl. Grab the first girl. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, hold on to the first girl because that way you won't get hurt. So I grabbed the first girl and they knocked us down. Huh? <laughs> so I'm flat on my back with all these people around and they're beating on her and they're not even touching me. Wow. <laughs> that was a trip. Then the the Beatles took me and Paul and I hung out a lot with Paul and John and they take me, show me the, you know, the, the different places and what was happening. They said, oh, come on, we're going to take you, show you where we get our boots. We're going to get some boots made for you. I said, okay. And I went ahead and my feet measured and i had like six pairs of boots made and they took me to their tool tailor and i had some suits made you know i thought it was great man i could afford this stuff you know well you know when i got in an argument with john and everything i, yeah. I was really disappointed with the group and and paul would come and sit beside me and say come on chris let's forget about it. i said get away from me and i'd say that to him get away from me i don't want i don't want to talk to you you just Get away. I just want to be by myself right now, you know. Wow. I don't want nothing to do with you guys. And can you imagine? But that's how where I was. But Paul was he's he was a he's always be a cool dude. He's, he was more mellow. Yeah. He, yeah, he was more mature than me in many ways. He just said, Okay, I understand, you know. And then one day when we're when we're finishing, I'm having my books autographed and 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 John and Paul are talking to their tailor. And Paul says, I hope you don't mind, but we're getting we're getting our jackets design like yours the one you wear can you imagine wow very cool that's where that whole ordeal meet the beers with the wrong collar came from and you remember i went there and was disappointed because i was i wasn't in sync <laughs> you you were told wrong by another tailor in the u.s yeah yeah and it turned about being a blessing another trip in my life <laughs> you know so then you have a few uh you have a few years of like um uh, kind of a dry spell, I guess you call yeah, it. Yeah, that's because that's when I left the, the label. But I, before, I was surfing, and I had my little radio, and, and I just finished this tour, and, and I'm surfing, and I got out of while I'm kicking back in the sand, and I'm next to my board, listening to the radio, and all of a sudden here, I hear my radio, 
and the Beatles had just landed. Wow. You know, I was screaming, and I said, I said, big deal. You know, what's a big deal about that? I just got through doing a whole four weeks with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there was like, you know, absorbed in the Beatles, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then it became and, massive Beatlemania, sure. Yeah, yeah, so they had me come to... Um, um, to their house in Bel Air because there was, you know, police escorts and all this stuff. So me and my producer walk in and I walk in, you know, in Bel Air home and, and it's a little sort of a, you, you step down this big house and also Paul McCartney sees me and he comes down to me and he says, starts singing, you're the one, you're the one that love and live for. That was what I used to sing to the girls. I used to give get on my knees and sing to him, sometimes take my shirt off. <laughs> nice, and Chris. He, and, he, and he was singing that to me. It's oh, come on, Paul. And he was kidding me. But right, right. What a funny thing, huh? He's a funny I mean, guy. It's amazing. That's funny. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, one time I was doing a show with Gene Pitney. So he said, hey, guys, one of you guys is playing a B-flat. It should be a B-natural. And I'm saying to myself, you got to be kidding <laughs> I'm in the wrong category here, you know. Right. I need to, I need to learn something about music. So at that time, I was going to El Camino College after the a uh, the you know the monogram label, and yeah. I was studying there and trying to get a little educated in music, you know, studying composition and all that. A friend of mine was a saxophone player. I used to jam with him. His name was Bob Tate. He was a great horn player, jazz and rock and roll. You know, rock nice. and roll, tenor saxophone. He said, "Chris, I gotta. Uh, I'm gonna go and pick up some taste. Go with me to Hollywood." Like, no, I don't want to go. Come on. I wanted to keep me company, and I didn't really want to go, but he insisted, so I went. So this person comes out and says, hey, uh, Bob, I can't use any of your songs, but thanks anyway. And out of his mouth, says, oh, by the way, this is Chris Montez. And the guy says, you're Chris Montez, a singer? And I said, yeah. He says, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm going to school. And he says, I would love to sign you for my label. I'd like to have you on my label. And I said, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to sign anymore because... I was disillusioned, and it was Herb Albert. Oh my gosh, Herb yeah. Albert! Can you, there's another story. See what I mean? Tijuana Brass Man. Yeah. Yeah, he was the whole former of A and M. And he, Albert uh, he, and Moss. Yeah, he owned A uh, and M Records yeah, at the time. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So he said, he said, "Well, come back and think about it." So I came back, and and uh, and so he had a staff producer. We worked on some songs together, and I I was doing some rock and playing harmonica and. I wrote a couple of songs because I was still in the rock and roll. I just got off the less than situation. And, and, and the staff producer says, uh, uh, Herb doesn't like what we did. I said, Oh, and I said, see this to myself. This is not why I wanted to come. This, you know, right, right. I you're, had enough. You're thinking this you is know? why I didn't want to do this in the first place. Right? Yeah. And the I don't want to do it again. And he said, Oh, Herb wants you, wants you to come in his office. You've got an idea. So I walk in. Herb's a wonderful person. Yeah. Not only uh, a genius musically. I mean, he's he's right. got a great imagination, but he's a hip dude, a real hip dude. Yeah. And 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 so he says, uh, "Hey, Chris, come on, that guy's got ideas." I'm sitting in his and he starts clapping, he's snapping his fingers, and he starts saying, "If you're feeling sad and lonely," and I said to myself. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> you gotta, I can't do that. You're so thinking that's too square for me. I'm a rock and roller. Yeah, and that's that's like Sinatra and all these heavy heavyweights. You know? Yeah. That's not. I want to. When I get older, maybe I'll get into that. Yeah. He said, "I want you to do it, and I'll, I'll coach you, and then I'll be there with you." And so we walk in the studio, and the guys are playing. It's okay, guys. Let's let's 
let's get into this. And, and he starts, you know, getting the groove going. He said, no, can you give me a little more of the drum? And he starts getting the groove going. He said, yeah, that's it. That's it. And so he said, okay, let's tape it. While I'm taping it, he said, okay, let's sing it. So I sang it. And he's standing next to me. If you're feeling sad and lonely. Because he was he taught me the song, you know what I mean? Right. And I said, so he said, let's do it again. Almost because he's got his headphones on. Yeah. And he said, let's do it one more time. And I did it. And he says, that's it. That's it. Okay, guys, we're done. Oh, my gosh. You, you heard that song twice and it was a smash hit. Well, I, mean, I heard it. Oh, I heard it. I've, I've practiced it. But, yeah. you know. But he helped me get into the groove, the pocket of it, you know. And yeah, that's such a great like, sound, that song. And uh, that, whole, yeah. that whole album, The More I See You, is... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a hip. It's a really <laughs> hip album. What, what would you call that, like pop jazz or... or yeah, uh, pop, yeah, top, yeah, pop standards. It's yeah. just really a great yeah. vibe. That was a great move by Herb Albert it, to, yeah, to, yeah, to do that for in you. Fact, they said, in fact, they said that because of a call me and myself and him, that's what, that's what got A&M going. Wow! That took it right, got it rolling because all of a sudden we're selling and the company's becoming big. You know? Yeah, no, it was yeah. a smash hit. Yeah. It's played all the time still. It yeah, was, I like your version of uh, "Fly Me to the Moon" too. It's really, yeah. really hip. Yeah, thanks. Is there truth to the uh, statement that uh, when that "Call Me" single was released, some of the DJs, your your voice is so beautifully like a high yeah. tenor and some of them yeah. thought it was a female. Is that right? Yeah. They did say, they said, that's not Chris Montez. That's right. not the next dance guy. You're that's baloney. not the rock and roller. That can't be that's him. Not, that's not Chris Montez. You, you're pointing us on, it's, you know, and I got some letters saying, Miss Montez, we love your voice. You know, <laughs> a couple of several letters from guys, you know, Wow. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. How did you come out of the '60s and avoid all the nonsense, the excess of uh, you know drugs, and uh, not end up like uh, Jimi Hendrix or Janis Joplin? Yeah, how did yeah. you How did you uh, avoid all that? Well, you know, when I was at A and M and all that, I yeah, I looked, I knew, I I look around me and I said, all these cats, I think they're hip and everything. They're all dying. Right. What's so great about yeah. cocaine and all this crap and speed and all this? You know, look at them. They end up dying in the toilets, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. I don't, you know, I don't want any part of that. And, it's, and it would be disrespectful, period. My family would, you know, I have respect for that. Oh, that's that's good that you uh, realize that at an early age. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. I think that's wisdom from the Lord. Because I remember one time when I was like four years old. No, I was six. And this friend told me to say, uh, um, God damn backwards. And I said, damn God. And I went to shock. Because wow. I feared the Lord so much. I went into a shop and I ran home. I was crying. And, the, and my mother's always making tortillas and frying beans. And, and I come in and I said to her, she said, what are you crying about? And I told her, and I said, and I did, didn't I said that? And she says, you're okay. Just don't say it again. You'll be fine. And as soon as she said that, it was gone. Wow. But, you know, that's the beginning of wisdom. The first, the lesson of wisdom in the book of Proverbs is, to, to fear the Lord and to respect the Lord is, is the first step to wisdom. Sure. And I didn't know that, you know, at that age, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, <laughs> I mean, we're all watched. Some of, some of us just don't realize how much we're watched. But you know. Well, it's a credit to you that you um, had the presence of mind and uh, to just follow that path rather than uh, end up like the, some of those other unfortunate souls, you know. Without the Lord in your life, you have nothing. No riches and and fame doesn't do. It can't can't 
take that place. Sure. And that's how I feel. And that's what I tell people around me when I'm with them. They say, well, how do you keep so young? How do you keep so active? I just tell them straight out, you know, because when I go and leave this, this world, I'm going to, I'm not going to take any of my guitars or my fame or anything. I don't care about that. Yeah. It's not going to matter, you know, yeah, yeah, who yeah. I was or what I did. It's, it's, uh, the bo- the bottom line is I got to give them myself while I'm living. Be nice to people. Give love to them. If I entertain them and make it happy, that's a blessing on my side for me to them, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's 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 it, really. So um, fast forwarding to like 1972 time frame, <laughs> you had a uh, <laughs> a nice little hit in Brazil called uh, Loco Por Ti, Crazy About You. Oh, yeah. Well, it was all over uh, Germany, Austria and all that. Yeah. Nice. I nice. wrote with Billy Michelle. He was at uh, at this label, this big uh, company. And uh, he came from New York and I wasn't recording after I left a and They wanted me to stay, but I didn't want to. And, they, and my man, my lawyers made a mistake because says, oh, you can get signed anywhere. Just And he offered me some money. And I said, no, no, because I was getting lost in the shuffle, I felt. Yeah. All of a sudden, I became, you know, sensitive, I guess, you know. Sure. And so I, so I left and nothing happened. I couldn't get arrested. And then this guy from New York that was a fan of mine, Billy Michelle, he flew in from New York. And, and um, that was, that's when we started doing the first album. And. It was called uh, um, I Know the Igas. It was called Chris Montez, I Know the Igas. And I know it's the bilingual. Igas. Yeah, uh-huh. I, saw, I saw the video for that, and I, I, yeah. what, I thought it was really cool. You had a uh, bandana tied to the neck of your oh, guitar. Yeah, my guitar, yeah. I, I love I, that. I, you know, because Mexicans usually wear put a little scarf on their guitars, you know. That's cool. And, and I wasn't trying to emulate what Hendrix did, because I could care less. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But that was, that was a whole scene. I was in... Uh, I think that was in Poland, that one, when I was doing it. Wow. And with you, a big I, orchestra. And yeah. there's some videos on YouTube of you performing, uh, I think it's in Austria or something? Like yeah, a, yeah. Some really uh, kind of wacky videos of you on a rocking horse. Rocking horse. Yeah, right. Your... That was videos. They said, don't worry, Chris, we're going to be, there'll be background and you'll be like you're writing. So I, you know, I went along with it. You know? Yeah, no, you looked like uh, you were having a good time, but they superimposed well, like an aquarium around you and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it, you know. Oh, that's the other thing. When I, after I got through the English tour, right? Yeah. Where I couldn't go anywhere and all that. And then at A&M, my album was released in Brazil. They said, I want you to go to Brazil. Well, I'm on a plane. I even sang for the kids on the plane through the, through the system. Wow. You know, but I wasn't thinking, I'm going to go because my songs were popular, but I'm just thinking, you know, I'm going to go and sing, do shows and not. No big thing, right? Yeah. Because I've already been around the block. We're halfway around the block. And and so when I get off this long flight, and I got a suit and tie on. Can you imagine this? Because <laughs> I never went anywhere without being suited up. Sure. And I, you know, and my short hair imparted, you know, <laughs> Mr. Cool. <laughs> so so I get off and I'm looking out there and I say, wow. And everybody's getting off. And then, man, there must be someone important, you know, some and 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 when i get off down you know the walking down the plank i see three or four thousand people with a big banner saying welcome chris montez wow and and i'm thinking wow i'm going through this flash again and people were screaming and all this stuff you know 
and I'm saying, wow, it reminds me of that whole episode with the Beatles. Sure. And so, so they have a chauffeur and they have bodyguards. I had a chauffeur had a, 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 a police escort going through the city and honking and people waving. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can you believe that? And I couldn't go anywhere. And and I had, these bodyguards were always with me. And I go out in the street and they had to be with me, watching me. Wow. These bad boys, you know, and they push them away. I said, don't do that. I want to talk to them. Don't, you know, I'm nobody and myself. I'm nobody. They, they want to say hello. Yeah. That's all, you know, but they were, you know, they were rough that way, you know? Yeah. So I had to tell them that and they finally, okay, they, they relented. They, they stepped back, you know? And, you know, I, I did a command performance at first when it was, it was called the Connie Co. It was a big fancy club and the president's is, uh, demanded I come and do the show there and all that, you know, and I did that. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's so scene. cool that you've got to uh, go to all these international places and uh, yeah, and, yeah. And then, in fact, you From, get off a plane and people are just uh, waiting there for you with a big sign. Yeah, and remember, my background was now take it right home when I'm sitting at the table and I hear and shh, like a symbol, and it's my mother rolling tortillas and <laughs> scrambling refried beans and all this. <laughs> So tell me, there was a um, documentary made about you in 2014. Where can uh, a, a person get to see that, or do you know? I've been trying to get it finished. I've just finished a book, and I, you know, of all these stories we're talking about, and I can't get a, a real true publisher because um, I uh, I've tried, and I, and uh, I'll find someone. Yeah. That, that'll, you know, and uh, and and that's where I'm at with it. And I'm, I'm going in the studio. I've been working on some tunes and I'm going to go back with the, the kind of the more I see you kind of album. Nice. Cause I got a whole bunch of great other bunch of great standards that a lot of people haven't heard, but the, the songs are just as beautiful. Oh, nice. And, and I hear a lot of these guys sing these, you know, all these boobalays and all these guys are singing the standards, but the standards I'm singing are even beyond them. Nice. Nice. And I must tell you that I, I did a lot of studying during my years. I studied the conservatory music. Nice. I got well-rounded off where I can uh, write and put music down and arrange and all that. So Very cool. Now I'm back to my reading stage. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have uh, children, Chris? Or are they... Yes, I've raised five children. Are they into music as well? or? Um, my son sort of touched it. My daughter, my youngest daughter's 20. But I raised twin boys and three girls. Nice. Yeah, that was my first marriage, three kids, and second of two girls. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and so that's another learning process. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonderful, you know. And um, it's life is what it is. Well, it's life. You you've lived a wonderful life, and you have a lot left to live. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing those new songs. I, I can't wait to hear that. Okay. I mean, especially uh, right. if it's in that same vein as the, um, the, uh, more, I the more see you yeah. album. Yes, That'd be yes. great. Yeah. That's such a great, yeah. great feel and vibe. And uh, mm -hmm. do you ever hang out at the, uh, the vibrato club at Herb Albert's? Uh... Yeah, I went, to, well, I went there to see uh, a group play recently and, uh, and um, that's it. Oh, and I went to see, um, uh, Stallone, Frank Stallone. Oh yeah, Sylvester's brother. He's a singer. And, yeah, and he, he's a nice guy. We get along good. In fact, I read, I, I met Frank Stallone in the ring because I was into boxing a while back. Wait a minute, you were a boxer too? Through, yeah, I went through that whole thing. Let me tell you something. I went through a lot of transitions when I was with the more I see you kind of thing. Yeah. 
I was studying with Chuck Norris before Chuck Norris became Chuck Norris. So no I used to go kidding. To yeah. So he's taught my his favorite uh, punch is a spinning back kick. Yeah. You know, flip around. And I developed that pretty good. And I, I used to go three times a week over his dojo there. Wow. It was uh, Tang Su Do was his name, the, the name of style. And then after that, I left and I never saw him again. And, and here we go. Chuck Norris is not Chuck Norris anymore. Chuck Norris is a movie star. Right, you know? right, right. An actor. Just all these different people blow me away. You know, I know I'm going to hang around. Boom. Next thing, you know. You got the magic touch. I'm going to start hanging around you some more, I think. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> did you ever get into acting by any chance? I mean, did you ever I wanted explore to. that I wanted at all? To, or? Yeah, no, I, I wanted to, but I just didn't. I took several acting classes, but I never stuck with it. I was yeah. more into the music. Yeah, thing. yeah, sure. Well, how are you handling this uh, COVID-19 situation, staying at home right now? And um... Well, I, I'm, I'm doing good with it. Um, I just respect. Uh, I take it serious. Yeah. I'm not frantic about it because God's in control of everything. People get frantic, you know, but yeah. if things happen. Maybe it's a lesson. People got to turn around, get off their trip with their, their, they're involved with their guys. It's the money and the hot, fancy cars or whatever, big homes. But uh, I just did a, a thing for the, for the Corona thing that's going to be aired on, um, on a Saturday, the 25th. It's called, um, Oh, I can't think of it right now. I'll call you back and let you know. Yeah, please do. And um, yeah. if people can find out more information about you at chrismontez.com, that's M-O-N-T-E-Z.com. That's right? Yeah, and then I'm on Facebook too, so you can that, that'll be posted on Facebook. Okay, great. And that's this, uh, yeah. geez, that's Saturday. Saturday. Wow. 25th. Yeah. Joe Bonamassa is going to be on it. Smokey Robinson. All these different people that live in L.A. and I was invited to play. So that's fantastic. I pulled my... Yeah, I'm going to tune into that so, for sure. I'll, I'll put that on my Facebook <laughs> as well. Okay, and I just sit. I just did a little thing in the backyard, you know, play my guitar. No fancy stuff, no big orchestra. I just yeah. did a simple thing. Sure, you know. sure. But it's it's it's. I, I feel honored to do whatever I can contribute. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, that's great. That sounds know. really cool. Yeah. So. Well, is there anything else that I skipped over? No, I think I filled you a bunch uh, enough with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Chris, and I, hey, I really Chris. admire your uh, career, and I, I admire you, you even more as a person. You're just uh, a great Thank guy, you. and um, I had heard as much from uh, from Ray Anthony, who uh, uh, yeah, Ray, he's I, he raved about you. So um, yeah, he's a good person, Ray Anthony. Yeah. I told him he's a great artist. I called him. He said, "I, I just, and I'm just from left field." I said, "Yeah." I called him. I said, "You know, I'm going to tell you something. I think you're a great artist. I watch your work, and I think you're great at what you do. Yeah, you know? it sure is. And you know, and everybody needs a compliment, but I meant it. Oh, that's you know? great. He works hard. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's a well. You too, too. You work hard. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm not working too hard right now, but well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that'll change soon. <laughs> but well, um, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're all blessed to do what we do, and um, yes, that's it. We're blessed, and uh, hopefully. Um, Things will get good here soon, and um, but uh, we're just going to have to wait it out. And um, in the meantime, I look forward to seeing uh, and hearing more of your uh, performances. And uh, oh, yes. we'll check you out at chrismontez.com, All and right. especially this Saturday. So uh, I think yeah, yeah. I thank you so much, Chris, for your time. And oh, uh, thank you. I hope to uh, you. get together with you sometime and maybe jam a jam a few songs out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we'll make it happen even if we just get together and hang out if i'm in town or somewhere or you're here and he comes out here you know yeah sounds good we'll get together and hang out sounds good my friend well thank you All so right. much and uh you have a re- great rest of your day and uh you, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon my friend you can thank you for calling me and, and god bless you you too there you have it ladies and gentlemen chris montez that was fun Hey, that uh, live streaming event he was talking about, you can find out information on it at alltogethernowla.org. All Together Now, just like the Beatles song, la.org. And it's this Saturday, April 25th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you should see the cast list when you go to the website. There's everybody from uh, Mike Love, the Beach Boys, Melissa Manchester, Carol King, Joe Bonamassa. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of stars to help with the COVID-19 situation. So I highly recommend checking that out. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, please take good, good care. And we'll see you on down the line. See you on